Chapter Twenty Seven of Dogs and All About Them. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tom Clifton. Chapter Twenty Seven The Dachshund. Persons unfamiliar with the sporting properties of this long bodied breed are apt to refer smilingly to the dachshund as the dog that is sold by the yard, and few even of those who know him give credit to the debonair little fellow for the grim work which he is intended to perform in doing battle with the vicious badger in its lair. Dachshund means badger dog, and is a title fairly and squarely earned in his native Germany. Given proper training, he will perform the duties of several sporting breeds rolled into one. Possessing a wonderful nose, combined with remarkable steadiness, his kind will work out the coldest scent, and once fairly on the line, they will give plenty of music and get over the ground at a pace almost incredible. Dachshunds hunt well in a pack, and, though it is not their recognized vocation, they can be successfully used on hare on fox and any form of vermin that wears a furry coat but his legitimate work is directed against the badger in locating the brock underground worrying and driving him into his innermost earth and there holding him until dug out it is no part of his calling to come to close grips though that often happens in the confined space in which he has to work in this position a badger with his powerful claws digs with such energy and skill as rapidly to bury himself and the dachshund needs to be provided with such apparatus as will permit him to clear his way and keep in touch with his formidable quarry the badger is also hunted by dachshunds above ground usually in the mountainous parts of germany and in the growing crops of maize on the lower slopes where the vermin work terrible havoc in the evening in this case the badger is rounded up and driven by the dogs up to the guns which are posted between the game and the earths for this sport the dog used is heavier coarser and of larger build higher on leg and more generally houndy in appearance dachshunds are frequently used for deer driving in which operation they are especially valuable as they work slowly and do not frighten or overrun their quarry and can penetrate the densest undergrowth Packs of dachshunds may sometimes be engaged on wild boar, and, as they are web-footed and excellent swimmers, there is no doubt that their terrier qualities would make them useful assistance to the otterhound. Apropos of their capabilities in the water, it is the case that a year or two ago, at Offenbach on Main, at some trials arranged for life-saving by dogs, a dachshund carried off the first prize against all comers. As a companion in the house, the dachshund has perhaps no compeer. He is a perfect gentleman, cleanly in his habits, obedient, unobtrusive, incapable of smallness, affectionate, very sensitive to rebuke or to unkindness, and amusingly jealous. As a watch, he is excellent, quick to detect a strange footstep, valiant to defend the threshold, and to challenge with deep voice any intruder yet sensibly discerning his master's friends and not annoying them with prolonged growling and grumbling as many terriers do when a stranger is admitted properly brought up he is a perfectly safe and amusing companion for children full of animal spirits and ever ready to share in a romp even though it be accompanied by rough-and-tumble play 
in germany where he is the most popular of all dogs large or small he is to be found in every home from the emperor's palace downwards and his quaint appearance coupled with his entertaining personality is daily seized upon by the comic papers to illustrate countless jokes at his expense the origin of the dachshund is not very clear some writers have professed to trace the breed or representations of it on the monuments of the egyptians some aver that it is a direct descendant of the french basset hound and others that he is related to the old turnspits the dog so excellent in kitchen service of whom dr caius wrote when any meat is to be roasted they go into a wheel where they turning about with the weight of their bodies so diligently look to their business that no drudge nor scullion can do the feats more cunningly whom the popular sort thereupon termed turnspits certainly the dog commonly used in this occupation was long of body and short of leg very much resembling the dachshund in all probability the dachshund is a manufactured breed a breed evolved from a large type of hound intermixed with a terrier to suit the special conditions involved in the pursuit and extermination of a quarry that unchecked was capable of seriously interfering with the cultivation of the land he comprises in his small person the characteristics of both hound and terrier his wonderful powers of scent his long pendulous ears and for his size enormous bone speak of his descent from the hound that hunts by scent in many respects he favors the bloodhound and one may often see dachshunds which having been bred from parents carefully selected to accentuate some fancy point have exhibited the very pronounced peak occipital bone the protruding haw of the eye the loose dewlap and the color markings characteristic of the bloodhound his small stature iron heart and willingness to enter the earth bespeak the terrier cross the dachshund was first introduced to this country in sufficient numbers to merit notice in the early sixties and speedily attracting notice by his quaint formation and undoubted sporting instincts soon became a favorite at first appearing at shows in the foreign dog class he quickly received a recognition of his claims to more favored treatment and was prompted by the kennel club to a special classification as a sporting dog since then his rise has been rapid and he now is reckoned as one of the numerically largest breeds exhibited unfortunately however he has been little if ever used for sport in the sense that applies in germany and this fact coupled with years of breeding from too small a stock or stock too nearly related and the insane striving after the fanciful and exaggerated points demanded by judges at dog shows many of whom never saw a dachshund at his legitimate work has seriously affected his usefulness he has deteriorated in type lost grit and sense too and often a parody of the true type of dachshund that is to be found in his native land to the reader who contemplates possessing one or more dachshunds a word of advice may be offered whether you want a dog for sport or show or as a companion endeavor to get a good one a well-bred one to arrive at this do not buy from an advertisement on your own knowledge of the breed but seek out an expert amateur breeder and exhibitor and get his advice and assistance if you intend to start a kennel for show purpose do not buy a high-priced dog at a show but start with a well-bred bitch and breed your own puppies under the guidance of an aforementioned expert 
in this way, and by rearing and keeping your puppies till they are of an age to be exhibited, and at the same time carefully noting the awards, the best shows, you will speedily learn which to retain, and the right type of dog to keep and breed for, and in future operations you will be able to discard inferior puppies at an earlier age. But it is a great mistake if you intend to form a kennel for show purposes, or to sell or part with your puppies too early. It is notorious with all breeds that puppies change very much as they grow. The best looking in the nest often go wrong later, and the ugly ducklings turn out to be the best of the litter. This is especially true of dachshunds, and it requires an expert to pick the best puppy of a litter at a month or two old, and even he may be at fault unless a puppy is exceptionally well reared. To rear dachshund puppies successfully, you must not overload them with fat. Give them strengthening food that does not lay on flesh, lean, raw beef, finely chopped is an excellent food once or twice a day for the first few months, and, though this comes expensive, it pays in the end. Raw meat is supposed to cause worm troubles, but these pests are found also where meat is not given, and in any case a puppy is fortified with more strength to withstand them if fed on raw meat than otherwise, and a good dosing from time to time will be all that is necessary to keep him well and happy. Young growing puppies must have their freedom to gamble about and get their legs strong. Never keep the puppies cooped up in a small kennel run or house. If you have a fair-sized yard, give them the run of that, or even the garden, in spite of what your gardener may say. They may do a little damage to the flowers, but assuredly do good to themselves. They love to dig in the soft borders. Digging is second nature to them, and is of great importance in their development. If you have not a garden, or if the flowers are too sacred, it is better to place your puppies as early as possible with respectable cottagers or small farmers, especially the latter with whom they will have entire freedom to run about and will not be overfed. If you intend to show your puppies, you should begin some time in advance to school them to walk on the lead and to stand quiet when ordered to. Much depends on this in the judging ring where a dog who is unused to being on a lead often spoils his chances of appearing at his best under the, to him, strange experiences of restraint which the lead entails. During the past five and twenty years, the names of two particular dachshunds stand out head and shoulders above those of their competitors, champions Jackdaw and Pterodactyl. Jackdaw had a wonderful record during a long show career never being beaten in his class from start to finish, and having won many valuable prizes. He was credited with being the most perfect dachshund that had ever been seen in England, and probably as good as anything in Germany. Champion Jackdaw was a black and tan dog, bred and owned by Mr. Harry Jones of Ipswich. He was sired by Champion Charkow out of Wagtail, and born 20th July, 1886. Through his dam, he was descended from a famous bitch, Thusnelda, who was imported by Mr. Muddy in the early eighties. She was a winner of high honors in Hanover. The name of Jackdaw figures in all the best pedigrees of today. Champion Pterodactyl was born in 1888 and bred by Mr. Willink. He was in a measure an outcross from the standard type of the day, and his dam, whose pedigree is in dispute, was thought to have been imported. After passing through one or two hands, he was purchased by Mr. Harry Jones, 
and in his kennel speedily made a great name in the show ring and at the stud and was eventually sold for a high price to mr sidney woodwiss who at that period had the largest kennel of dachshunds in england taro as he was called was a big light red dog with wonderful forequarters and great muscular development he also possessed what is called a punishing jaw and rather short ears and looked a thorough business dog he had an almost unbroken series of successes at shows in england and being taken to germany in the days before the quarantine regulations he took the highest honors in the heavyweight class and a special prize for the best dachshund of all classes this dog became the favorite sire of his day and the fashionable color the black and tan thereupon went quite out of favor and this fact coupled with the reckless amount of inbreeding of red to red that has been going on since Terrell's day accounts largely for the prevalence of light eyes pink noses and bad colored coats of the dachshunds as a class today there are strictly speaking three varieties of dachshund a the short-haired b the long-haired and c the rough-haired of these we most usually find the first named in england and they are no doubt the original stock of the others though fairly numerous in germany few are to be seen in this country and although one or two have been imported the type has never seemed to appeal to exhibitors both the long-haired and rough-haired varieties had no doubt been produced by crosses with other breeds such as the spaniel and probably the irish terrier respectively in the long-haired variety the hair should be soft and wavy forming lengthy plumes under the throat lower parts of the body and the backs of the legs and is longest on the underside of the tail where it forms a regular flag like that of a setter or spaniel the rough-haired variety shows strongly a terrier cross by his varmint expression and short ears the germans also subdivide by color and again for show purposes by weight these subdivisions are dealt with in their proper order in the standard of points and it is only necessary to say here that all the varieties colors and weights are judged by the same standard except in so far as they differ in the texture of coat at the same time the germans themselves do not regard the dappled dachshunds as so yet fixed in type as the original colored dogs and this exception must also apply to the long and the rough-haired varieties the following german standard of points embodies a detailed description of the breed general appearance and disposition in general the appearance of the dachshund is a very long and low dog with compact and well-muscled body resting on short slightly crooked forelegs a long head and ears with bold and defiant carriage and intelligent expression in disposition the dachshund is full of spirit defiant when attacked aggressive even to foolhardiness when attacking in play amusing and untiring by nature willful and unheeding head long and appearing conical from above and from a side view tapering to the point of the muzzle wedge-shaped the skull should be broad rather than narrow to allow plenty of brain room slightly arched and fairly straight without a stop but neither deep nor snippy eyes medium in size oval and set obliquely with very clear sharp expression and of a dark color except in the case of the liver and tan when the eyes may be yellow and in the dapple when the eyes may be light or wall-eyed nose preferably deep black 
The flesh-colored and spotted noses are allowable only in the liver and tan and dapple varieties. Ears. Set on moderately high or seen in profile above the level of the eyes. Well back, flat, not folded, pointed or narrow, hanging close to the cheeks, very mobile, and when at attention carried with the back of the ear upward and outward. Neck. Moderately long with slightly arched nape muscular and clean, showing no dewlap, and carried well up and forward. Four quarters. His work underground demands strength and compactness, and therefore the chest and shoulder regions should be deep, long, and wide. The shoulder blade should be long and set on very sloping, the upper arm of equal length with, and at right angles to, the shoulder blade, strong-boned and well-muscled and lying close to the ribs but moving freely. The lower arm is slightly bent inwards, and the feet should be turned slightly outwards, giving an appearance of crooked legs approximating to the cabriole of a Chippendale chair. Straight, narrow, short shoulders are always accompanied by straight, short upper arms, forming an obtuse angle, badly developed brisket and keel or chicken breast, and the upper arm, being thrown forward by the weight of the body behind, causes the legs to knuckle over at the knees. Broad, sloping shoulders, on the other hand, ensure soundness of the forelegs and feet. Legs and feet. Forelegs very short and strong in bone, slightly bent inwards, seen in profile, moderately straight and never bending forward or knuckling over. Feet large, round and strong, with thick pads, compact and well-arched toes, nails strong and black. The dog must stand equally on all parts of the foot. Body should be long and muscular, the chest very oval, rather than very narrow and deep, to allow ample room for heart and lungs, hanging low between front legs, the brisket point should be high and very prominent, the ribs well sprung out towards the loins, not flat-sided, loins short and strong, the line of the back only slightly depressed behind the shoulders and only slightly arched over loins, the hindquarters should not be higher than the shoulders, thus giving a general appearance of levelness. Hindquarters. The rump, round, broad, and powerfully muscled. Hip bone not too short, but broad and sloping. The upper arm, or thigh, thick of good length and jointed at right angles to the hip bone. The lower leg, or second thigh, is, compared with other animals, short and set on at right angles to the upper thigh, and is very firmly muscled. The hind legs are lighter in bone than the front ones, but very strongly muscled, with well-rounded-out buttocks, and the knee joint well-developed. Seen from behind, the legs should be wide apart and straight, and not cow-hocked. The dog should not be higher at the quarters than at shoulder. Stern. Set on fairly high, strong at root and tapering, but not too long, neither too much curved nor carried too high, well, but not too much. Feathered, a bushy tail is better than too little hair. Coat and skin. Hair short and close as possible, glossy and smooth, but resistant to the touch if stroked the wrong way. The skin, tough and elastic, but fitting close to the body. Color. One colored. There are several self-colors recognized, including deep red, yellowish red, smutty red. Of these, the dark or cherry red is preferable and in this color light shadings on any part of the body or head are undesirable. 
black is rare and is only a sport from black and tan two-colored deep black brown liver or gray with golden or tan markings spots over the eyes and at the sides of the jaws and lips inner rim of ears the breast inside and back of legs the feet and under the tail for about one-third of its length in the above-mentioned colors white markings are objectionable the utmost that is allowed being a small spot or a few hairs on the chest dappled a silver-gray almost white foundation color with dark irregular spots small for preference of dark gray brown tan or black the general appearance should be a bright indefinite coloration which is considered especially useful in a hunting dog weight dachshunds in germany are classified by weight as follows light weight dogs up to sixteen and one-half pound bitches up to fifteen and one-half pound middle weight dogs up to twenty-two pound bitches up to twenty-two pound heavy weight over twenty-two pound toys up to twelve pound the german pound is one-tenth more than the english the lightweight dog is most used for going to ground. End of chapter 27